Hey everybody, Sean from Promo Marketing. Just wanted to let you know that due to popular demand, we've added a spring event to our Back to Business Virtual Power Meeting series designed specifically to help distributors and suppliers connect one-on-one -on -one and generate business. The event is set to run over the weeks of April 26th and May 3rd, and as usual, we'll be giving away thousands of dollars in cash prizes for distributor attendees. Spots are limited, and they're sure to fill up fast, so go visit backtobusinessspring.pmpowermeetings.com for more information and to register. One-on-one -on -one meetings with real supplier reps, top new and trending products and selling ideas. Did I mention cash prizes? Seriously, what are you waiting for? Go register. That's backtobusinessspring.pmpowermeetings.com. Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. So I've been thinking a lot today about our conversation from earlier about uh, phrases and words you can't stand, Brendan. Yeah. I was trying to think of anything worse than wet your appetite, but honestly, I don't know if I can. Yeah. Uh, I, the closest I could get to that was circle back. That's but a rough one. Really, any of those businessy phrases would fit in here. And I think we can thank email for the rise of all of those. But anytime I hear them, it's like this, this visceral reaction, like I wince. <laughs> It's funny how they kind of lose their original meaning. Like if you say you're touching base with someone and then you say like, people don't realize it's a baseball thing. Probably. Right. It's just I've, one of tried to just, I've tried to divorce the thing that I love from the, that phrase. Email, you, email is what you love, right? And oh up oh yes. Love, I love email more than anything yeah. else in the world. Uh, the, I think the worst part though is that I'm guilty of a lot of those myself and then I'll realize sure. that I'm doing it. I'm like, man, what have I, what have I become? Sometimes, you know, you can't avoid it. I know um, one of my friends has to write like compliance stuff for healthcare businesses. And the word he like refuses to use outright is robust. <laughs> he's, he's like, I hate the word robust. Everything is robust these days. Yeah. I try to, I try to avoid that one too, but sometimes you're like, you know, this is robust. I kind of use robust. It's, well, it's a shame because that's a, actually a really good word on its own. Yeah. It's, it's very descriptive and, and it's just filled with, there's so much information in that one word, but now it's like you said, it's being ruined by the, uh, the corporate email culture. But, yep. <laughs> but I think wet your appetite still is the absolute worst that the English language has to offer as far as phrases that have worked their way into the, the everyday use. Yeah. I'm just, I'd be happy if I never heard that one again. That's, that's fine. Let's just strike it from, from the language completely. Yep. I'm, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> anyway, this is the promo marketing podcast, <laughs> uh, not the linguistics podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Norris, joined as always by Brendan Metapace. Uh, we have a lot to get to on this episode uh, because in the time since our last episode, there've been uh, some big stories in the promo world. And we will get to those momentarily, but before we do, I should mention our guest today is Patrick Wyant, Business Development Manager for The Identity Source. They are a distributor based in the greater Detroit area, doing some insanely cool stuff with virtual event kits. And by now, I'd say most in the industry are familiar with kitting and using gift boxes or kits to send to attendees for virtual events, but The Identity Source is kind of taking it to another level. Um, they partnered with a local video production company to actually be able to host virtual events for their clients. Um, plus the thought they're putting into curating these kits and the way that they're using packaging and you know, the boxes themselves is a key piece of the, the whole thing. It's all really fantastic. Uh, Patrick told us about all that. Plus where he sees kits like these fitting moving forward as more in-person events come back. 
uh, some really insightful stuff in here. Um, and if you want to see some, some visuals of what the identity source is putting together, you can visit magazine.promomarketing.com, search the identity source, or you can click the link in the show notes below if you're listening to this on our site and you'll be able to find it pretty easily down there. Uh, but the big news, the stuff I wanted to, to really dive into with you today, Brendan, um, the, I guess we'll go with the more recent one first because there were two stories that had kind of rocked the promo world over the last week or so. But the, I th- I'd say the bigger one for our purposes, at least direct purposes, is uh, FedEx promo, or sorry, FedEx office, now a promotional products distributor. You want to yeah. uh, give some, some, some of the uh, backstory on that one? That was your story as usual. Yeah, you know, I think anyone who's paid attention over the last few years, ourselves included, we talked about this off air. It didn't seem that new. And part of that was the fact that it's backed by Harlan Clark, which is who also was working with Walmart and Costco and these other, you know, big name companies that are known for obviously doing a lot more than promotional products. Um, the offering is pretty much, you know, I think like what I said to you off air was it's like a promotional product starter pack. You get right. You know, drinkware, bags, like toys, office, things like that. Your basic boilerplate promotional offering. And I, what I put in the article that I'm sure people can go back and read after this is that this had, just because this has happened before, pretty much identically to how FedEx is doing it, it's not much of a cause for alarm for the traditional distributor model. Every time, you know, there's one of these big companies coming in to disrupt the industry, the first knee-jerk reaction might be to think, oh, this is going to ruin everything. It's, it's probably not. Like you said one time, you know, the people who really use FedEx office already for maybe some of their print supplies might put in an order or two from this for out of convenience, but everyone has the distributors they work with. They have the relationships. They're not going to, they're not going to jump ship for FedEx. Right. And everybody freaked out when Walmart got into promo. Like that was, I think the biggest story of the year on our site when that happened. I don't, it was 2017, maybe 2016. Yeah, it was a while ago yeah. now, but, but that was like, Oh no, that this is, this is the end. This is it. Cause Walmart's huge. So you yeah, know, that's, it'd be like, you know, everybody's waiting for Amazon to do this. And I think, you know, we've been covering Amazon's moves here for a while and it seems like they're lining up for something like this down the line. That's another story. Well, that's you know, when that happens. We'll when that, that happens, we'll handle it. But you know, I think just because Walmart has such a reputation for, you know, disrupting Main Street, the logical reaction was that it's going to do this too. But you know, like you said, totally, it was, it was years ago and it hasn't. Right, and that it was at the time. I mean, I was on board with that reaction. I thought the same thing. I mean, Walmart is you know, right behind Amazon. It was probably bigger than Amazon at the time, yeah. as far as as companies in in the U.S. Um, but it, like you said, it ended up being really nothing came to nothing. I mean, I don't, I'm sure they have some promotional products business, but it hasn't really threatened the way of life for the industry and hasn't changed much. I'd say, and especially on the day to day, same with Costco. I mean, it's, they're, you know, another fairly large company in the U S a lot of people love Costco, but I, you know, it just hasn't, there hasn't really been the impact. It hasn't been disruptive. Like you said, and I, I see the same thing happening here. I mean, the only difference might be, a, you know, kind of separate this from Walmart and Costco a little bit. Is it like you said, small businesses are already going to FedEx office for a lot of their business needs. So they kind of have that business relationship with it already. And it's like, okay, here, I, now I can get some branded pens. I might not have even known that I needed or wanted before. And now it's the offerings right there. So I could see them absorbing some of that, some smaller order business. But 
you nailed it. I mean, this is not going to change much if you're an established distributor. You have your clients that come to you and love working with you. I mean, it's just, if you're doing things, quote unquote, the right way already, and you can see my air quotes here, yeah. that, well, sorry, everyone listening can't see my air you quotes. Can hear air can hear, quotes. See my, <laughs> you can hear them. You know, it's, it, it's just, uh, I completely lost my train of thought, but. but well, I know uh, what you're going to say, you know, the, there's, there's definitely, they get enough business. I'm sure like Walmart knows that they get enough business from this. If it's worth keeping it going and FedEx will get customers from this, but like there's, yeah, there's no doubt that people will use it. And I guess the worry, like you said, they're going to find out, Oh, I, yeah, I could use promotional pens. And typically you hear these stories about a distributor going to a company and be like, Hey, you need promotional products. You probably didn't know that. And then they form that relationship. Yeah, sure. FedEx is going to get one or two here and there. But again, I, I don't, think that it's going to be enough to derail anything noteworthy enough. totally and that's not to, other, that's not the downplay someone losing their business like a distributor but you know what i'm saying here right absolutely and the, the other thing here that was i thought was interesting was that harlan clark is involved here again um they harlan clark is itself a promotional products distributor they also offer a ton of other services they're almost like an agency that you can kind of outsource whatever marketing you need if you're a a company, a large company, especially. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they are just sort of serving as the promotional products arm of these larger companies, Walmart, Costco, now FedEx office. Uh, it's just an interesting business model. I don't know a ton about them beyond that, but it's sort of like, Hey, you want to add some promotional products? We can take care of this for you and you'll make a little bit of money. We'll make a little bit of money. And it seems like a pretty good relationship, the business model, I should say for Harlan Clark. Oh yeah, sure. If, especially if you're working with companies that can't, don't have the time to devote that many eggs to put in that promotional products basket. It's just like, don't even worry about it. We got it. Right. It's an agency model. Yeah. Almost plug and play. And then they've got it. It seems like they've got the websites templated and the product assortment is sort of plug and play. Just, Hey, we, you, we sell promotional products now and they make it really easy on, on their companies that are doing that with them. Um, that was the, the big one. The other one, this is a little bit of uh, older news now by the time we're getting to this on the podcast, but this came out right after our last episode was recorded, so we didn't have a chance to really talk about it on air. Uh, the Patagonia story, which if anyone listening hasn't heard about that by now, I'm surprised for one, but uh, just a quick rundown of it. Patagonia basically decided that for um, waste reasons, environmental reasons, uh, they are no longer going to do corporate branding on their, uh, their apparel. So if you are a company that wants to get Patagonia for your uniforms, uh, vests for your office workers with the Patagonia logo on them, you can now no longer get it branded also with your company logo. And the rationale behind their decision, at least what they wrote on their website, was that these products that are logoed, it essentially, you know, what, what happens when the employee leaves in two years, then they've got this a piece of apparel that they don't want anymore because it's got their former employer on it or whatever. Um, and this is squares with Patagonia's mission of, you know, being sustainable and really driving sustainability. Um, I think they're off base on this and but i understand where they're coming from because of just that perception that exists about promo that we've we've talked about and we've written about a million times but it's the kind of thing that you know if you are outside the promo industry and your thoughts about promo are 
conference giveaways and, you know, disposable cheap stuff, you know, that's going to lead here. That's where your conversations are going to lead. If your company that is, is based in sustainability like Patagonia. Yeah. And I, like you said, I don't agree with it, but I get it. And especially since Patagonia has been so public about its um, like environmental causes, it would look a bit hypocritical if someone were to call them out and say like, Hey, you know, you're making this jacket for, you know, JP Morgan and then someone quits and they have a useless jacket. You're just contributing to the landfill. So it seems like a good way to preemptively get away with, get away from that and get some good PR in the process. Again, obviously having devoted tons of digital and real ink to this kind of trinkets and trash argument, you and I both understand it's not the case, but Again, I, I get it from Patagonia's standpoint. Yeah, but this is the byproduct of that exact perception. You know, this is why we, we write about it and we, we've talked about it a, a bajillion times is that this is the, the perception that the industry has to battle against all the time, even when it, you know, you might not realize it. It's probably not something people are thinking about on the day-to-day. And there are a lot of companies that have really made sustainability at the focus of their organization and promo, which is fantastic. But you know, this is sort of the why you do that because this story blew up on our website. This, oh, yeah. This will probably be our top story of the year just from a traffic standpoint. That means, and it, it was in Business Insider and Forbes and all these other big publications that picked it up. I think Bloomberg had it. That People read that, they see that, and then they associate, oh, well, Patagonia stopped putting their corporate logos on uh, their vests or whatever, jackets. So obviously that's wasteful because Patagonia is a brand that is associated with sustainability. And if they're, if they're going this route, then well, wow, that must be the truth. So I think it's, it's a, it's a complicated issue, but it is one that, you know, this is just the industry sort of dug this hole for itself years ago and it's still paying for it. And that really underscores why it's so important to keep working at it. So that things like this, decrease or stop happening altogether. Yeah. And I think you and I both are aware of um, a lot of alternatives to just stopping altogether. Like we talked about uh, swag cycle. There are, you know, let's say down the road, you get, you get a promotional product that you don't want anymore. There are people who would love a perfectly good Patagonia jacket. You know, they don't care that it says Comcast on it. <laughs> right. I'd wear one. I mean, I, Absolutely. I own I own all kinds of stuff with other. I'm drinking out of the Yeti tumbler from the Travelers Championship, which I've never gone to. <laughs> That's a pretty nice looking tumbler, by the way. Oh yeah, dude, it's great. It's, it's Yeti, dude. It's awesome. Uh, previous episode that you mentioned there, uh, Swag Cycle. It was Ben Grossman of Grossman Marketing Group who joined us to talk about that. Um, check that out if you're interested. They're doing some really cool stuff and uh, with recycling unwanted promos and helping companies find uh, sustainable ways to get rid of them and use them in other ways. Uh, that's really cool. You can check it out on the website too. They, they just released their impact report of their first kind of year that they've been in, in doing this. Uh, and they've, I forget what the number was, but it was, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands. It was of definitely impressive. Products. It was really impressive. Yeah. Kept all those out of landfills and helped some, some really good causes in the process. Um, yeah, so the options are there, and it also kind of seems like a continuation of them not wanting to work with certain clients, so it's an easy way to just be like, you know what, we're not even going to decide who can, who can and who can't, no one gets th- it. That's a great point, because this is not the first time that they've had 
issues where they've they've come out and said, hey, we we don't really want to put our logos on uh, for customers in certain markets, right? They don't want to be yeah. associated with the financial tech market or whatever else. And there have been was it the North Face that was with the the oil companies? I think that's the whole. They had a whole thing with them where um, they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They emailed one yeah. of the the CEOs of at an oil company and told them that they wouldn't put their logo on anything. Yeah, um, that was a, that whole, was a whole, whole kerfuffle. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's where we are with that. I think you know this will blow over like it always does. But it it the underlying attitudes of the public and that perception is still there. So just just a reminder that you know this is a battle the industry is going to always have to face and fight and. Yeah, it really shows why it's so important to do that. Um, yeah, those are the big ones. You got anything else you want to get into, or do we want to want to jump into our interview with Patrick here? I don't think so. I think that was a good uh, good kind of review of the last week or two. Yeah, I think I think this conversation really whet everyone's appetite for the interview oh that's coming up. So. <laughs> it was a real robust review of the conversation. We you know we circled <laughs> back on a lot of things we wrote about. No, stop, covered. stop. <laughs> Just ping me when you're done, all right? Uh, but anyway, here's that interview with Patrick from the Identity Source. Patrick, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate you stopping by uh, virtually, of course, to uh, chat about this with us. I think it's pretty awesome stuff. Uh, really cool program you guys have going on. Do you want to just introduce yourself and give a little background on yourself and your company before we get rolling here? Yeah, Sean, thanks. Uh, My name is uh, Patrick Wyant. I am the business development manager here for the Identity Source. I've been in this crazy industry for uh, about 15 years now, Uh, a couple other different distributors and some both large and small. Um, So I've got a bit of an extensive background. Most of my background has been with automotive, being from Michigan area, that's most of it is automotive branding. Um, The Identity Source uh, has been around since uh, 1995, it was founded by uh, gentlemen Pat Tierney and Rick Lederman. Um, and the Identity Source uh, started out as a premium embroiderer and screen printing company. That's how they started. Uh, however, it quickly grew into a branded marketing agency uh, with a focus on, pardon the pun as we talk about this, outside the box creativity. Yeah. Um, uh, it'll be creating high quality merchandise and providing world class customer service. You beat me to the outside the box <laughs> pun, but we'll, we'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, uh, fair enough. Do you want to tell us about your event in a box program? Uh, that's why we wanted to have you on. So when did you sure. start start doing it? How did it all come together? And you know, what's the response been like? Yeah, for sure. So sending a kit uh, or and pairing it with curated items is really nothing new, right? Um, however, with the onset of the pandemic, uh, this became a potential alternative to in-person or live events, right? So when I reached out to a few of my contacts, specifically in the advertising agency and event agency space, I got feedback that a real solution was needed for these canceled events due to the pandemic, right? So therefore, using existing box vendors and our uh, internal decorating capabilities, this allowed us first to create our first custom printed box, which we actually used as a media kit uh, to promote one of our programs, um, which kind of off the wall, yeah, let's try this. Um, and it was really well received within, you know, some different folks, some uh, TV producers and things like that. Um, we've now partnered with a couple of other different companies that they have the ability to uh, print in full color and all over custom printed boxes. 
So that kind of expanded our world as we've you know gone from just a one-off little custom one printed thing internally to a full custom color printed box. Um, and everyone who has received these across a couple of different programs that we've used this one has been very impressed. And you know, and the biggest thing is that one of the large agencies that I mentioned earlier was so impressed with this that they asked us to present our ideas uh, to their ownership in a in a large presentation as well. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we've seen a lot of distributors having success with these virtual event kits. Yep. You guys are doing, some, doing a couple other things that really elevate the kits to another level. And one of them is how you partner with a local AV production company to help clients host the actual events. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So one of our company's founders um, is actually really close personal friends with the gentleman that owns a large set piece manufacturer and AV recording studio in downtown Detroit. In fact, they took over the old Packard plant and created this real large studio. Um, and we sat down and figured, how can we kind of work together? We had a brainstorming session and said, well, what if we paired kind of our custom curated boxes and, and items with your virtual events that they're already doing because they moved to this virtual event that they were hosting themselves. Um, and it should be far more professional and creative than a simple, you know, Zoom meeting with a, a laptop or a webcam, right? Because this company had the ability to do virtual breakout rooms, pre-recorded video segments, green screen, screen capabilities, and a full staff of top-tier AV professionals. So we thought by pairing that and going to that next level of service was kind of a, a, a no-brainer because that's what we're doing. And it just kind of worked out. And in fact, that's who we presented to one of these large agencies this pairing with this with this company and this is like a real deal production studio because I, I saw the video that you guys put together kind of the, the flat the sizzle reel of it yeah. and it, it's it's really impressive yeah oh yeah no they're they're legitimate they you know Detroit had a pretty budding um, movie uh, industry for a while uh, in fact I think there was an old Transformers movies were shot here and things like yes. that so there's a lot of those guys that are still out there and you know the, the movie industry has kind of died down a little bit those industry professionals still live in this area so this studio that we partnered with grabbed up some of that talent and that's who they're using uh, you know to help make these videos which is pretty cool yeah it's really cool and another aspect that we really liked is for some of these boxes you're using items that would be local to the event as if it was held in person which i thought was was a really nice way to to you know tie in some of the the local flavor of these events that that people would be missing out on i mean you, you were telling me off air about a box you did for caterpillar i think it was mm-hmm. that was all Mi- michigan themed since the event was would have been in michigan yeah so typically um the national caterpillar dealer meetings are held at different host states uh, each year, right? So in 2020, the host state was Michigan, but due to the coronavirus, the in-person meeting was canceled. So Michigan Caterpillar came to us and said, well, how can we do something that makes it more feel like Michigan, but doing it virtually? So again, we helped them curate a, a custom printed box and we did a, a tote that was custom printed. We dropped not only some Caterpillar items, but to your point, we added things like butter made potato chips and Michigan cherry wine and Verner's ginger ale, Saunders fun, German nuts, and a lot of other local, you know, produced product. Um, we even had some uh, local artisan items and there's like some uh, cork coasters that were done by, from a local artisan and things like that. So we really had it feel like a, a Detroit themed box. We then, you know, put this all together, packaged it all and handled all of the fulfillment uh, nationwide to all the different uh, dealer network for Caterpillar. You know, something cool about this is the way you're using the boxes themselves, uh, you know, rather than just using a plain box or even just putting one logo on it, 
you're really going all out and turning the boxes into a key component of the kit with the creative designs and printing on different parts of it. Can you tell us a little bit more about that whole process? Yeah, for sure. So one of the coolest packages was also one of the simplest. So we put together a pitch for Motor Trend and we were trying to help Motor Trend upsell doing a gifting package as to promote their on-demand subscription services. So we designed a box that not only had the Motor Trend logo and a cool tire tread pattern on the top, but we also went and had this black speckled effect that was all over the box and printed all over to mimic the effect of what burning rubber does on the uh, wheel wells of a racetrack. So anybody who's ever been to a racetrack or who's a drag race, you'll see that, that rubber burn up and flick up onto the wheel wells. So we wanted that box to kind of have that same feel. And it was just a, a one color printing, but it was really cool, really well received. And uh, the Motor Trend group team seemed to really think it was right on brand and really on point and, you know, kind of tied into their uh, lifestyle, not just a, uh, you know, slapping a logo on a box. And, and what I really like about that is that it's, it's this example of, you know, using every single element of the, the, marketing piece to create kind of this bigger overall picture and, you know, tying in other mediums too, because you might not think of, of, you know, packaging or even just the box as something that, that it can really make an impact. But the way that you guys are doing that is, is really cool. It's, it's good to see. Um, do you have any example of that you can share of, of one of these kits that really kind of showcased all the different aspects of the program, maybe one that was particularly successful or just one that you thought was your best? Sure. So, you know, we're doing a lot of, uh, you know, recently we did another marketing campaign with the Caterpillar Dealer Network, and we actually custom uh, decorated a box that had a, um, one of their mining trucks, one of their mining pickup trucks, uh, yeah, not pickups, mining um, dump trucks. And we had all four sides of the box to be reflective of the four sides of the truck. And on top of that, we imprinted, and this was our own little phrase that we came up with was it's time to dump the ordinary all right because it's a dump truck you open that up and we then went so far as to have custom decorated items we had a, a bluetooth speaker a t-shirt a hat and it wasn't just caterpillar but we actually took the time to get the individual dealer caterpillar dealer logos which are each uniquely different put that on those individual items as well as some of our own personal items as well so it was Truly, while yes, the box was universal and very cool and custom, the contents were unique to those dealers, which is a really cool, nice extra touch. You know, the the hope is that live and in-person events start coming back soon, hopefully by the later half of the year at least. But from everything we've seen over the last year, people really do like getting these kits for virtual events. So where do you see them fitting in the future once live events do return? Yeah. So while we agree and, and hope that in-person, you know, events come back and come back even stronger, I think people are going to be clamoring for it, right? We also recognize that many companies have found that there's a, a huge expense in events, event-based marketing, you know, for a fraction of the cost of a trade show and displays and uniforms and staffing and tragic, you know, travel, lodging, all that kind of stuff. You can do a, a very targeted and effective virtual event with a custom curated box and one of these kind of, you know, video sessions. Um, so, and it can be very economical. So I think that's something that, you know, as we become more budget friendly or budget conscious looking forward, this is something that I think more and more companies are going to be using. 
So is, is there anything else you want to add before we let you get out of here, Patrick? We really appreciate you coming by. And, and I think this is such a cool program. Some really interesting kind of wrinkles on a concept that's been working for a lot of distributors. But I think there's some really useful information in here that can kind of inspire others to, to you know, take their event kits. Uh, Sean, we lost you again. It was right before you said to the next level, I'm assuming is what you said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we lost that last part. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, so yeah, I, you know, thank again, thank you guys for having having me on. I really do appreciate it and, and you know allowing us to kind of share uh, our experiences with this. And and I guess just to, to add or to wrap up a little bit is it's just that in this crazy business you've got to be nimble, creative, and adaptive. Uh, and if you don't, you may suffer for it. Uh, I think being bold, taking calculated risks, and never accepting the status quo is a philosophy embraced and encouraged at the identity source. Um, it's just something that we kind of go to live by. And then in this crazy and ever-changing world out there, you need to be ready and able to change with it. And I think that's kind of the big takeaway is that, you know, this pandemic really challenged us. And if you're not up to meet that challenge, it, it could be, uh, you could have a rough go for sure. It's fantastic stuff. We really appreciate it. We hope that uh, others will find this really useful. I think that they will. Um, and if anybody wants to see and check out some of the, uh, the visuals that go along with this, we'll have a companion article up on the site at magazine.promomarketing.com for anyone who wants to check out some of the visual elements, see some of the boxes and, and you know, read a little bit more about this because I think it's, it merits further expo- exploration for sure. So we really appreciate you stopping by and uh, best of luck with everything else the rest of this crazy year, Patrick. Thanks, Sean and Brennan. I appreciate it. Can you hear my cat? She's freaking out. I can, yeah. Okay, let's give her. Uh, I don't know what to do. She hears. I think here. we keep. I think she needs to be in the episode. All right. That about does it for this episode. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, I hear your cat back there chiming in <laughs> as well. She's trying to give a review too. <laughs> uh, only five star reviews back there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, you can also check out the show on Spotify, uh, all the big ones we're on there. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. I am Sean Norris from Brendan Menapace. This is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>